Welcome to the Back to Me Project, College and Beyond, Episode 99, Keep Walking Like You're Going Somewhere, with Cornelius C. Mims. If you're falling, get up and put that one foot in front of the other foot and then repeat that and start going forward. That became the mentality. And as recovering people, that's what we have to do. We got to keep going. We can't stop. Every new day is a new opportunity to take new steps and to tackle whatever issue is in front of you. Hello, everyone. It's your host, Yoli Tamu. Maintaining your self-esteem while trying to manage the many transitions of this life can be a daunting task. In today's episode, three-time Grammy Award-winning producer, songwriter, and musician, Cornelius C. Mims, joins us to encourage you to keep putting one foot in front of the other, no matter what. Find out how he overcame self-destructive behaviors that lured him into a whirlwind of addiction that almost claimed his life. With a strong spiritual foundation and a committed network of family and friends, Cornelius proudly walks daily with a purpose and a willingness to take life one step at a time. Enjoy. Statistics are increasingly showing that young people are suffering more and more with various levels of depression and anxiety. Today's special guest is a dear friend, mentor, and musical director that I can always count on. His journey to personal discovery, happiness, and fulfillment is nothing short of a miracle orchestrated by God. Cornelius C. Mims is a three-time Grammy Award-winning producer, songwriter, and musician who has performed live with well-known artists throughout the music industry. He has worked with some of the music industry's elite like Michael Jackson, Kenny Loggins, Natalie Cole, In Vogue, George Michael, Brandy, Phil Collins, Snoop Dogg, and yes, Beyonce. Welcome to the podcast, Corny. How you doing? Hey, Yoli. How you doing, sweetie? I'm well, and thank you for having me on the podcast. Yes, this is a blessing. My God. What what did we say? Our relationship is like 30 years old? Man, we are really, really pushing the 30-year envelope. We're getting real close to 30 years. Oh, my God. It's amazing, you know? And guess what? What? I don't care about 30 years. You still the baby. You ain't going to never not be the baby, Yoli. I don't care. 30 more years from now. Yes, I and know what this. Are gonna, what are you going to be? <laughs> the baby. You're the baby, of course. <laughs> I love you. I love you. I love the baby. I'll oh, always my love God. I'm so glad to have you. You know, you've watched my journey. And finally, we've gotten to this place where I'm helping young people. And the transition of life in so many ways affects everybody. Yeah, sure. But, you know, when we talk about young people transitioning into college, there's just, you know, a whole elevated level of of that, you know, leaving home and becoming this adult, trying to adult out here in this world. And, you know, heading out into the workforce, you know, they all get so nervous. And so when it comes to transitions, you know, you have surpassed <laughs> so many obstacles and, you, you know, you're truly a walking testimony, you know, <laughs> unintended. So unintended, huh? Unintended. Well, all right, all right. I mean, so much so. You have released the song that we're going to talk about. And, you know, you're just always a joy to be around. And I'm sure many people say that about you. 
So how did you develop this self-esteem as you've been transitioning through everything? Yeah, well, you know what, Yoli? That's a very valid question. How did I develop this, you know, come to this place? And honestly, when I really look back in retrospect, it was all in the works as I was going through all of the, the transitions and going through the trials and the tribulations of, you know, childhood, young adulthood, you know, and transitioning constantly through, you know, making some choices, some choices I'm not really, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of mixed even in that, Yolanda, because I tell you, on one hand, I don't like the choices that I made. But then again, on the other hand, God used it all to bring me to this place, this place of finally accepting self, finally loving self, and finally being able to kind of see myself in a positive light, mm. you know? Mm-hmm. So it took everything that it took. So you know, that really, that's how I came to this, like we were speaking earlier, I'm talking about right now, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm right here where I am right now, mentally, spiritually, and physically, really, it, it, it's been a work in progress and it's still a work in progress. Mm-hmm. You know, God ain't done with me yet. I love that. And when we talked about your earlier years, you were saying that you were just so self-destructive, but of course it took now your adulthood to recognize that. But when you were being self-destructive, you didn't know it. You just were, you say in search of acceptance maybe, or what was happening? Do you think? You know what? Funny thing with me as a young person, when I, you know, I've been involved in a, in a, in a process in my adult life, in my later adult life you know, that has forced me to really, really take a look back, like to go way back into my life and in the episodes of my life and just kind of like really look at it. You know, I'm talking about as a kid, I'm talking about as a six, seven-year-old kid. And then as a adolescent, you know, 12, 13, 14, look at some times and what did they look like when you think back to them? When you think back to 1974, when you think back to 1979, when you think back into the early 80s and my early, you know, what did it look like? You know, who were you then? And what I came to realize was, now, it was a, 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 an amazing thing in that I can never recall being a person that people didn't like. You know, I never can recall a time, I'm talking about from early childhood all the way through school and even in the beginnings of my career. I always thought, and I could really say that I was a likable and a liked individual by most of my peers. As a matter of fact, it was kind of cool when somebody didn't like me. It was so far and in between. It was like, wow, this dude don't like me. I'm kind of, I kind of like that. That's kind of <laughs> interesting. You know, because <laughs> it's not. It wasn't many times. You know, with people like, oh man, I hate corny, or I don't like that dude. But you know what? Then also, as I said, you know, going back and looking back at life in retrospect. I can now say that there were so many things about myself that I didn't particularly like, you know, and those were where the self-destructive behaviors were really, really implemented. You know, it was just all in my own head. It was things that I had conjured up and concocted and very much a psychological issue, you know, that I, I couldn't identify early in my life. It took all the years, and it took, you know, up until really relatively recently that I just came to know that Cornelius Mims, 
does not love Cornelius Mims. Wow. You know, and I mean, it don't matter who else does love him. He don't love him. And therein lies the problem. You know, so then and then the questions became, why don't you love you? You know, so I had to kind of identify that, you know, so that's kind of what began to take place. But up until it did, I was just out here going up and down, back and forth on this. It seemed to be never ending cycle of, you know, succeeding, you know, and great success, you know, awesome success. God was doing awesome things in my life early on. But then as soon as I get to the pinnacle, I'm talking about just about to blow up Mm. right there at the threshold. I would self-sabotage. It was almost like, oh no, I don't, I don't deserve this. Oh no, I don't, no, no, this ain't for me. Now let me go out here and do everything I can do to throw it all away. In other words, let me take what God has done for me and slap him in his face with it. Wow. You know, that's insanity. It became to a point where I was like, Cornelius, you know you're insane, right? Oh yeah, absolute insanity. Mm-hmm. And being in the industry, which has all of its standards, beauty and, you know, right. all of these clicks oh, yeah. that go on, everything you had to deal with, you know? Yeah, let's go back. Yeah, I'll take you back. You know, it kind of started like this. This this started early in life. You know, self-image. I had a massive issue as I kind of went through latter elementary school, you know, transitioning into what we used to call junior high school. Yeah. What you know about junior high school? <laughs> I know all about that. <laughs> you know about junior high school? I sure do. Okay, yeah. Did you go to junior high school or middle school? I went to junior high school. Thank Come you very on much. now. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I went to junior high. So when we got into junior high school, because, you know, what happened was, you know, I grew up vertically early and I was like, I was the tallest kid in class. I was the biggest kid. I was the tallest kid. I was the bully. And I was an equal opportunity bully. I didn't have no problem beating up girls. <laughs> equal opportunity. Oh, equal opportunity. Oh, I'd beat up a boy, beat up a girl, beat up. It didn't matter, you know. But then again, but, but now God had something for that. As we progressed, I stopped growing vertically and started growing what, what, what direction is outward. <laughs> you were outward with it? Okay. I, was, I, I wasn't upward. I was outward. And so by the time I got to like 12 years old, 13 years old, all the other kids started to sprout up. And they remembered all those beatdowns they took in, in the third, second and third grade. And so when we got into seventh and eighth grade, they remembered and came back at me. Because uh, uh, uh. now they're taller than me and they're bigger than me and I stopped growing, you know, and I'm gaining weight. So, you know, my self-image and, you know, kids, kids ain't, ain't you know, they're, they're not kind sometimes. Vicious. You know, so and then you're dark. I'm dark complected, you know. So in the 70s, it was all about that, that light skin and that big natural and, you know, that big Afro and those green eyes. And, you know, I was none of that. None of that. I was to the contrary. So, you know, this is where my self-esteem began to suffer. And then it carried on. Then you tie it into the industry that I would end up, you know, it's a natural fit. You know, it was a, it was a natural fit for me to be a professional music person because I was, God gave me a gift and, and the gift was, was recognized early. So I always excelled and succeeded in that area. But then once you cross over into the professional realms, image along with talent. And then, you know, as we moved through the eighties, talent became secondary. It was more about your image than your talent, what you look like, how you presented, how you photographed. And then by this time, I'm the worst looking 
I've got the worst esteem of self anyone could ever have. Oh man, because I'm fat and I'm black and I'm ugly and I'm not, you know, and I'm substandard in my mind. Mm-hmm. And you were getting that from all cultures, your own people, everybody, right? All cultures. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, I'm not being chosen. I'm not being chosen by the women. I'm not cho- being chosen by the girls that I like. You know, all of that played into my self-worth, my poor to no self-esteem. And I took the thing that seemed to be the easiest way to not have to face it or deal with it, drugs. Uh. Drugs became my escape from that reality. And then it also became the only way I knew how to lose weight. But as I was telling you before, I, yes, I lost weight. I, yes, I lost weight, but I lost everything else along with the weight because it took everything. It took all my money. It took all my work. It took all of my possessions, all of my instruments. It took everything. So that little arrangement didn't quite work out as I thought it would. Mm, And it became a longstanding addiction you know, that that went on for many years. I had to work through that. Mm -hmm. And and that's hard to pull yourself out. It's a hard thing to, you know, and especially when you already see yourself as garbage, you know, when you've got this garbage mindset about yourself and now you truly are garbage. You know, I mean, it got to a point where it's, yes, Corny, you are really, you're nothing. And that's what I mean about you being a blessing. You are here to tell this story. Yeah, you know, in the back of my mind, Yoli, even at my worst points, lowest points, one thing I noticed, like this gift that God gave me of of music, I don't care how cracked out, I don't care how toe up I was, I don't care how to the curb it had brought me, my music ability was still there. I'm talking about my perfect pitch, my ear, my everything God kept intact. And it it made me believe that God had a plan for my life. And no matter how hard I tried to get out of the deal with God, he wasn't going to let me out of the deal. Wow. And you knew it. I have an assignment for you, my brother, my son, and you are going to fulfill that plan. Now, how did you recognize that as being a spiritual advisor from God? Did people pour that into you? Did you get that from church? You know, where did you know? That God was talking to you? You know, my, my foundation is Christian from a spiritual foundation. Come from a Christian household. My mom is a minister. You know, my grandparents, you know, just the Christian foundation. So that was laid early. So this is what I came to. But, you know, it's just like many young people that veer off course as they come into their own life. You know, I mean, not every young person veers off. And if you're able to stay on course with foundation, good. But sometimes it takes what it takes. But yeah, so it was a combination for me. You know, I thank God for the prayer. You know, I thank God for the prayer of my parents, you know, especially that of my father, rest in peace. You know, I've just recently lost my dad. You did, I know. I know. Yeah, I just recently lost my dad. But man, he struggled with my drug addiction. It, it, it was almost as if, because it made him feel like a failure as a father. To have me, his only seed, his only male seed, going down this path. And of course, you know, I knew how I disappointed him as well. And that also played into my self-destruction. Like, I don't want to face my father. I don't, you know, I've let him down. I've let so many people down. You know, so that's another thing that once, you know, fear and self-loathing take over, 
you know, that, that in itself can be daunting, a real challenge to climb your way out of. So, I mean, but thank God, man, my father, my parents, you know, and I had, I had a network, as I said, you know, throughout the course of my life. Most people that knew Cornelius Mims had some adoration. And, you know, so there was a lot of prayer, a lot of people. And then some people even came to the street and where I was and literally found me. Wow. You know, I had people come, you know, and literally, hey, man, Connie, we've been out here for days and we've tracked you down because we love you. you know, are you willing? Are you willing to come with us right now? Are you, do you have the desire? And sometimes I didn't have the desire or the willingness at that moment, and I didn't go. But I learned even in that, man, it is really everything that we are to accomplish. I mean, it willingness and desire. Man, you know, you've got to get to a point where, you know, this is what you want for yourself. So it, it became climbing out. And, and, and there was still some struggle. There was some struggle. And I'll be perfectly transparent with you, Yoli. I'm on a path right now that didn't actually commence until just a little over two years ago. I'm talking about a life path that I'm now on, and it has to do with walking. It's a funny thing. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, spiritually, and then again, in my dealing with my drug addiction and dealing with that whole thing and turning the corner, recovery has become a major part of my life, you know, and like there's, there's awesome principles that apply to dealing with the recovery, but it also plays into just dealing with life from a positive perspective, you know? And it's, it's like a gratitude thing too for what you, what you do have. So it's almost like that you said you didn't know your why. It became clear as years went on. Yeah, it became clear. The real clarity that I finally came to was, and I did not recognize this until relatively recent, Cornelius. Do you love you? Can you say with 100% certainty that you love yourself? And for so long, I know I didn't. You know, and then somebody put it to me that if you did love yourself, if you truly had a healthy esteem of self, would you make these catastrophic decisions or the, the catastrophic decisions that you've made, would you do that if you loved yourself for real? And I now see that, no, I would not if I love self. Mm, I love and it. And so today, today I'm still working on it. It's still a work in progress. Absolutely. But my esteem of self has done a real 180. That's why I'm glad you're with us because you know young people are going through those experimental phases and some people, you know, just immediately go to the route of drugs or just some numbing mechanism. Right, right, right. See, today, today's, you know, it's a different world. It's a different world. And young people have it, you know, the, like the options, like especially as it pertains to drugs, you know, and I, I, and I don't want that for any young person. I don't want them to make that choice because it's a lot more dangerous now. Yeah. You know, what we did 25 and 30 years ago is not what they're doing today. Right. And young people are making just a split decision choice and dying. Yes. And dying, man. You know, it's really, really a different world. Mm -hmm. So this journey, you talked about walking. So I said, you know, pun intended, you've got this incredible song 
And yeah. when we see you, we have the joy. But now when we hear the song, we can get a walk on. Tell us about this song. And, and oh, man. It, it feels like a you, movement. Break it down for us. Yoli, it's the, it's the most amazing thing that has happened here. You know, again, I went through a, let's call it a breakdown. I had a relapse, this relapse on alcohol. Like I had a few things, a few things happened at the beginning of 2020. This is right at the onset of the pandemic. And then I had some really, really major, major emotional situations all happen simultaneously. And so, you know, I just decided, okay, I don't want to deal, to deal with it. Where's the Crown Royal? Mm. Get me some Crown Royal. So I went into the Crown Royal, you know, alcohol stuber that lasted from February of 2020 until I ended up in the hospital with alcohol poisoning. And, you know, really, really, I was in, in a bad way wow. in August of 2020. But what ended up happening was, like now we're, we're in the preliminaries of, of the pandemic now. And I didn't want to come out of the hospital the same way that I went in, you know, still, you know, just in self-destruct mode. I called a dear friend of mine that was in the Narcotics Anonymous program. I knew she was there. I told her, look, I don't want to come out. I'm in the hospital. I don't want to come out the same way. So she connected me to a Zoom Narcotics Anonymous platform. And when I went on it, you know, I was like, wow, I, I was hearing things that I needed to hear. I was being encouraged in ways that I needed to be encouraged in that moment. And then, you know, with hundreds of people all over the country. But there was this one brother, this one brother, I heard him. He said, and this brother's from New Orleans. He's an older brother. His name is Carlos Wilson. We call him OG Los the Addict, right? And he's actually on the song with me. The older gentleman out of New Orleans. But I heard him say, Man, let me tell you something. All you got, what you got to do is hold your head up and keep walking like you're going somewhere, man. Just oh, keep man. walking like you're going somewhere. And when I heard Los, we called him Los. Yes. I heard him say that something went off. And then I would hear other people on these platforms talk about, that's right, you walking like you're going somewhere now. Oh, yeah, keep walking like you're going somewhere. I was like, whoa, I don't know, y'all. I'm, I'm a songwriter. And I kept hearing that over and over, and it just resonated. You know, keep walking like you're going somewhere, you know? And then God just gave me this whole song concept. It just came to me all like in a day. And now this is how you know it's God, Yoli. God even gave me the lyrics. And, you know, I can't write. I don't know the lyrics to nothing. Wow. I actually wrote the lyrics to this song. You know, I can put the music together. Yeah. But I wrote the lyrics, too. Look at you. Oh, oh my God. So, you know, it all came together and it was inspired and it was totally inspired by God and recovery, the people in recovery that had been pouring into my life at the time. So I ended up writing, recording, shooting a video, and the song is called Keep Walking Like You're Going Somewhere. And then it was perfect because I'm also a walker. I've been walking, like literally as, as a form of exercise and meditation and and all of that i've been doing it for many many years so when the song came about and it it began to you know really inspire people in a way to keep moving forward that was the initial concept you know get up if you're falling get up and put that one foot in front of the other foot and then repeat that and start going forward that became the mentality and, you know, as recovering people, that's what we have to do. We got to keep going. We can't stop. Every new day 
is a new opportunity to take new steps, you know, and to tackle whatever issue is in front of you, you know? So that became like the motivations of the song. And then I've also tied it into, you know, from the physical vantage point of walking, you know, there are so many great therapies, man, you know, in just getting out and working your cardiovascular, just taking in the sun, taking in the air, meditation, you know, it's a beautiful thing. So I've been really trying to, and it's so good for so, so, so good for your health. I mean, you look younger <laughs> than when I, I met you. good, man. I'm telling you. I'm telling you, y'all, I feel good. I'm, I'll be 61 years old oh my next goodness. month, October 14th. Mm-hmm. I will be 61 and I feel better than I did when I was 31 because I can tell you right now, I know I was about 160 pounds heavier at 31. So it's a funny thing when you take off 160 pounds. Mm. Well, you, you look at it. Oh, uh, this is, woo. This is evidence. Okay. This isn't talk. This is evidence. So I'm yeah. I'm so glad people are getting this from a professional, a seasoned veteran in an industry, and you've been successful and you've had downfalls, but man, you keep getting back up. You gotta keep getting back up. That's the main thing. My mother told me a story that really helped me too. She said, now when we were babies and we began to get into the walking process, right? In the beginning stages of walking. We would walk, we'd toddle, we'd tumble, we'd fall. What does that baby do? Stay on his butt until he's 50? (laughs) I just ain't gonna never get back up again. That's right. No, it's just like the mind of a baby. You know, hey, I fell down, but I get up. I'll try, I'll take a few more steps. I may stumble again, you know, but now as long as we have life and breath, we have another opportunity. You know, we can get up and we can start walking at any point in time. Take it from me. I've had to start this walk so many times. I've had to start over, start from scratch. Now, here's where I'm at now, though, Yoli. As I said, I'll be 61 next month. I ain't fixing to start over again. I know that's right. I know. I ain't starting over now. I know I can't do it. Okay. It's time for the next level. God has got me in such a beautiful place right now. And in this, Here's the other thing I've learned too. Like I could look back and really kick myself in the butt, right? For some of the choices and some of the gigs that I lost and some of the money that I blew. You know, if I choose to, this is perspective. This is just the perspective. I could be, I could go back and sulk in all that I don't have today because of those choices or look at the situation as to look at what you do have. Right. Look at what you have and look at the wisdom and look at the peace and look at the the man that you finally are. Mm-hmm. And I'm just grateful to be able to say, Cornelius Mims is a man and not a punk. I'm a man and not a liar. I'm a man and not a coward. And those are the things, you know, in all that fear that I used to walk in. I mean, Yolanda, I was so afraid of you. Me? You. What? I know I did something at some point that had me petrified to face even you. Really? I know I, at some point I dropped the ball and then, you know, on you and see, I don't see because I'm walking like I'm going somewhere today, which means I can face you with 100% certainty that, Hey, we good. I'm good. So that's kind of like, you know, I'm so grateful that you, I can have this. I can look at your cute face. Oh, it is a cute face too. I got to say, 
always so is yours. So is yours. Always, always will be. But now I can look at you and, you know, there's nothing that I have to be afraid of. Absolutely not. Yeah. You know, and see, this is ultimately even with young people. I always want to impart into them, you know, your choice, your decision, be it good or bad, has an outcome associated with it. And I found in my life that usually a good choice or a wise choice will not have the repercussion of a foolish choice. In other words, they don't cross. In other words, if you make a wise choice, you should receive the the, the outcome of a wise choice. And you ain't going to do nothing foolish and get rewarded as if it were, you know, so they don't cross. It's kind of like, you know, you have to be mindful of the decisions that you make, you know, and the earlier, the earlier in your life, even as a college student, you know, you want to make that quality choice. Yes. The choice that you know you can stand in. You ain't got to be ashamed of. You ain't got to lie to kick it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because of a bad choice you make, now you got to try to cover your tracks or anything like that, man. You know, it's just a better way to be a stand up young man, a stand up young woman in this journey. Wow. I'm so glad you said that because I'm always trying to wrap up with these encouraging words and you are giving it to us. I was just thinking about, you know, for that one person that's listening, be it young person, be it older person, you know what I mean? Your story is impacting everybody. Exactly. You said something about get things in front or get in front of the thing. Yeah, yeah, What was your quote? I thought that was so cool. I got this. And I love this, you know, because it, it has to do only with it. It is the thing. And it can be whatever it is in your life. It can be that that challenging situation. It can be that test that you've got to take. It can be that guy or that girl that you need to quit. You know, you need to, you know, because it's toxic. Whatever it is, the sooner you get it in front of you, the sooner it gets behind you. So whatever your it is, whatever that it in your life is, you know, I mean, I've found now that it's just so much better and, you know, to expedite that situation and get it in front of you. But it will never get in behind you if you don't get it in front of you. Let's call it out. It'll fester. It'll linger. It ain't going nowhere. You know, it's still there days, weeks, months after. And a lot of times you'll find that, man, I should have done this months ago. Yeah. Yeah, you know, so just get it in front of you, whatever it is, you know, and the sooner you get it in front, the sooner it gets behind. Mm-mm-mm. This has been a blessing. And you can keep walking like you're going somewhere. Man, I feel like they got this interview. People got an inside track on some of the conversations we have. You know what I mean? Sure, Of course. Like you are a therapist in my life. OK, ah, so, no, I'm not. Oh, you know, but yes, yes, I am. Yes, I, am. I get it. You're right. We're all therapists. We all have therapeutic value. And we say this in recovery, the therapeutic value. And it applies like I associate it to children of God. One child of God, you know, helping another child of God. There's a therapeutic value to that. And it's hard to compare it to anything else. Just one-on-one, you know, just one-on-one, communicating, encouraging. If they want to reach out to you and, you know, just kind of follow you, you know, just watching you, you're an inspiration. You know, where can they see you on IG or Facebook? Where would you like us to go? 
you know what? Let's go to Facebook, you know, and Facebook is on a B. Wow, I've got a couple of platforms, but my main one is Cornelius Corny Mims. Or if you go Corny, C-O-R-N-E-Y Mims, that'll get you to me. On IG, I've got two platforms. One of them is Bomb Base, B-O-M-B, B-A-S-S 1014. That's my main page. And then I just started another one for the Keep Walking Like You're Going Somewhere platform. And it's K-W-L-Y-G-S on Instagram, which is the acronym for Keep Walking Like You're Going Somewhere. Wow. Fantastic. This has been more than a blessing. I'm so glad you're in my life. Oh, vice versa. You know, we both have fathers that are now watching us. Absolutely. Yes, we do. We do. And man, what what great men. Yes. Both of them are and were and legacy. What great legacy both of them left behind. Yes. And we have legacy, Yoli. You and That's I. That's right. We got to keep it going. That's right. Ken Snell, Ken Snell, Charles Mims. Yeah. They still live through us. I love it. I love it. I love it. And I love you. I love you, Corny. My goodness. Okay. Well, thank you so much. And I love this conversation. And I'm sure I'm going to be listening to this over and over again. And hopefully our listeners will as well. You have a blessed, blessed fall. Try to hang in there with this heat. Yes, yes, absolutely. <laughs> All right. And we'll talk real soon. Thank you so much, Corny. Keep putting one foot in front of the other, girl. And walk. That's it. Thank That's you. That's it. Take love care. You, babe. Bye, honey. Thank you for joining us. Take time to recognize the many blessings that already exist in your life so you too can keep walking like you're going somewhere because you are. We are coming up on our 100th episode and we are very grateful to our powerful guests and excited to make a special announcement during our 100th episode. So stay tuned. For more information about other episodes, remember to subscribe to the Back to Me Project, College and Beyond. I'm your host, Yoli Tamu. Leave a review at the end of this podcast. And if you would like to learn more about our upcoming live events, visit our website at thebacktomeproject.com. Until next time. Be well. Back to me. Oh, I turn it around. I'm back to me.